Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hi, I'm Keegan. And I'm Madigan. And you're listening to Your Angry Angry Neighborhood Neighborhood Feminist. Feminist. This is a podcast where we explore the world through our own personal feminist perspectives. And hey, it's that time again. It's that time. (laughs) Our favorite episode once again, the coming out episode, coming out stories episode. So we're just in the closet sipping early morning mimosas, although no orange juice. So mine is uh, grapefruit juice and yours is pineapple juice. I mean, I think this is better. Delicious. I know. I like grapefruit juice and champagne. It's delicious. Okay. So, thank you to everybody who sent us your emails, your DMs, your stories in any way. Hopefully, we got all of them. It was kind of hard this morning to go through and find all of them. So, I think we did a pretty good job. If we missed yours, let us know, and we will add it into one of our What's in the News episodes. We definitely will. Yeah. We want everyone's story to be told. Where should we start? Well, I have the ones that we got on Instagram pulled up. Why don't you do one from Instagram to start, and then we'll start going, and then I'll start with the emails. Okay, sounds good. All right. This says, hey, Keegan and Madigan, this is my coming out story. Well, coming out to my mom. My best friend had just come out to her mom, and I felt like I needed to as well. I'd known for two years at that point. I sat there for minutes, contemplating whether to hit send. In my text box was a link to Dodie's Bye Coming Out song. I knew I couldn't say it to her face, which is odd because my brother came out as gay years ago. It was 11-something at night when I finally hit send. It was hard going to sleep that night. The next day, I didn't leave my room. I was scared to face her. Mom had sent a text asking if I was trying to say something, and I replied yes. A minute later, she came into my room, closed the door, sat on my bed, and told me she loved me no matter what. It was so heartwarming to hear that, even though it was expected. Ever since, she has been very supportive. That day, she asked me if I had a crush on a boy, a girl. Of course, I lied and said no, even though I had one of each. It's been a year since then, and I still haven't come out to my dad. She has been pushing me to do that, but I understand it's with, and I understand it's with good intentions. Over time, it's gotten easier to talk about my identity with her. At first, it was my heart racing and my palms being sweaty, but now it just feels natural. Thanks for reading this. So that's really sweet. And I also think there's something to talk about here that, like, you don't need to come out to both of your parents at the same time, necessarily. Like, you need to move at your own pace. Yeah. You need to be comfortable. Um, I understand that her mom probably does feel, like, a little in the middle, knowing something that her father doesn't know. Yeah. Uh, But you have to move at your own pace. you got to do things in your own time. Yeah, and I also understand where, you know, she said that, Her brother came out, and yet she was still kind of nervous to tell her mom. And I think that that's something that probably a lot of siblings have gone through, where it's like, yes, they accepted 
one member of my family, but there's still that fear of like, but maybe for me it's different. Yes. You know, knowing that they're accepting, but like never knowing for sure how they're going to react. And I think that that's a good thing to yeah. bring up. And let me check really quickly because I'm making assumptions here. My understanding is this is a woman. And I also, I do think that sometimes the expectations are different Mm -hmm. for girls and boys. Like, we talked about that in our gender episode. Yeah. Or things are different for, you know, the second sibling. Especially if the first sibling's already come out as gay, maybe you feel an added responsibility to not be, you know, there's an added pressure there. In, In some ways, you would think that it would make it easier, but I think it would make it harder for me. Yeah, it's still your own experience, and it's still something that you have to open up about. And the other thing is that I don't know what the brother came out as if he came out as gay. It sounds like this person is coming out as bisexual, which there's a lot of confusion around bisexuality, and I think a lot of parents especially have a hard time understanding it and knowing that there's a lot of, like, explanation that you may have to do or, like, working to validate your own sexuality and making sure people understand it because people don't... People think of bisexuality as being, like, a stop into being gay. You know what I mean? Right. Instead of having it be its own standalone identity. Or that you're just confused. Exactly. Yeah, and at the end of the day, you're going to end up with, you know, a heteronormative relationship. Right, exactly. And it could be that fear of, like... You know, if if the brother came out as just being gay, I feel like people have some people can have more of an understanding about that. Right. They get it. They understand that. Right. A little bit it's more. clear cut. Exactly. But mm-hmm. coming out as bisexual can be a little bit fuzzier for a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing your story. Thank you. Dear Keegan and Madigan. So I decided to share my coming out story with you. I hope you enjoy it at least a little bit as much as I enjoy listening to you two every week. Oh, thanks. What you need to know. I am a gay cis female, and I was just 15 when I came out. I was living in a very Christian Catholic region of Germany, a little village where everyone knows you since you're a little kid. I actually had my first sexual experience with another girl when I was 13. It was the whole, it's a hot summer night, we we didn't wear many clothes, everything was just sweaty, cliche. One thing led to another, and yeah... I had a whole breakdown that night, crying while my friend was sleeping. I didn't know what homosexuality was. I thought I must be sick, thought that something was deeply wrong with me. However, it had nothing to do with my parents. They were, in fact, very supportive when I came out to them. But if you grow up in a small village, only seeing hetero couples confronted with gender stereotypes, you just don't know that something else is possible, not to say say normal. I literally didn't know that a spectrum of sexuality existed until I discovered Tumblr like a year later. God bless Tumblr. Yeah. To fit in, bury those feelings of not belonging, I tried everything to be as normal as possible. I had my first boyfriend, thinking that this must be love, but I also became very depressed and started self-harming. In the end, I treated this boy very poorly, but I just couldn't handle myself or this person I was supposed to be together with. I didn't even care when we broke up. When I started getting therapy and medication, I got a little bit better and also started to understand that it's okay not to be hetero. I started identifying as bisexual, mainly because I didn't want to be actually a lesbian. By the time I was in the German equal of high school, I suddenly had a lot of friends. We felt really cool, drinking alcohol like adults and partying, although we were just 14, 15. (laughs) The leader of our little group of friends introduced me to his best friend. And oh lord, this dude. He lived in a town like half an hour away, so we texted first until we met when our group had a movie marathon. I had a little crush on him, and I was so flattered because he thought of me as interesting and sexy. 
He was very direct, and since then, every time he wanted something, I gave it to him. I thought, that's love. That's how being with someone works. He pressured me into a lot of stuff I didn't need to talk about in detail. But after a few months, I was just so done, I started self-harming again because I knew I was not with somebody I loved. I was with someone just to be the way the society wanted me to be. I dreamt about being with a girl. I fell hard for a different pop stars at this time. It was inspired by a TV show where a woman was openly together with her girlfriend without any problems or, reje- or rejections. So when my boyfriend visited me one weekend, I had horrible stomach pains. I had to tell him, but I just couldn't. I was so scared. It, it was the worst weekend of my life. He did a lot of bad stuff because I was so frightened and unable to handle the situation. Two minutes before he went off to the train station, I took a deep breath and said, I'm attracted to girls. I will never forget the expression on his face. It took like forever until he said a silent, oh. I started laughing nervously, something I always do in awkward situations, and he just stared at me. He didn't say another word and drove away. I was sad and confused, cried a lot, but in the end, it was the best thing I could have done. And it's also the reason why I'm a feminist now. For equal rights, equal representation, just an open and tolerant society. This is what pride really means to me. Since this day, I have been celebrating my sexuality no matter what others thought. Although I had to be hospitalized due to mental illness, I met the most amazing girl and we're now over two years together. Amazing women like you two contribute to more understanding of pride and feminism, and I deeply thank you for that. Thank you. That story hit me right in the feels. Yeah. Like, all of it, because... I think we all remember being teenagers and, like, what that felt like and not understanding our bodies and not understanding, especially if we were raised in, um, you know, a deeply religious... It sounds like she was in a small village that was pretty religious. Yeah. Well, and it's also the thing with the small town is that it's, like, even if your parents are okay with your sexuality, it's, like... Everybody knows you, and everybody kind of feels like they have a say a little bit in, right. in your yes, business. Yes, they have a stake in how you turn out. Yeah, and, like, it's so, like, gossipy and, like, telling on each other kind of vibes at times, I feel like, with really small towns. Like, I've never lived in a small town, but I've lived in, like, tight-knit communities like mm-hmm. that, where it's, like, word travels fast, and everybody mm-hmm. has an opinion. Yeah, know? I mean, and also I think everybody can relate to not quite understanding what love is yet. Mm-hmm. I think everyone goes through that. Like, they get with a, a boyfriend or a, a partner, and they think, like, this is what love is. Like, yeah. this is must be what this feeling is. Yeah. Um, not understanding that it's so much deeper and more complicated than that. And I related so much to her when she was talking about how she just kind of went along with whatever her yeah. boyfriend wanted to do. Because when you're young, you don't always understand yeah. Like, that you can stand up for yourself. Well, and I think also because she was in a relationship that she didn't, that she knew wasn't good cohesive for her. with yeah. one and cohesive with her sexuality. sexuality as well, That yeah. she was just kind of like, I have to go along with this and make this work because I don't want to be this other go- thing. This way. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, and also how scary it must be to come out to your partner yeah. at the time. Like, that would be really, really scary. To me, that's... Almost, I mean, I guess it depends on your relationship with your family, but that's almost scarier yeah. because you are currently. I I have such a fear of like breaking up anyway. Like yeah. it makes me so anxious yeah. that breaking up in that way and Where's coming out ring, at the same time. Oh, sorry, I had to put lotion on. Oh my god, I was like, Keegan, what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, I just I locked the door. I changed the locks. Anthony can't come back. Um, <laughs> Oh, I'm just picturing Anthony outside being like, uh, excuse me, Keegan, honey, <laughs> what happened? 
Um, but yeah, I, I can't imagine you're essentially like breaking up with somebody that you've had to sort through your feelings about. Yeah. And coming out at the same time. Yeah, I would be, I feel like with parents, it would feel like less of a like lie. But I think that would be my fear if I were to be coming out because it's like, were you lying to me this whole time? I feel right. like it would be a really common response. You feel like you're putting a burden on the other person because they have to then go back in their mind and be like, They're gonna think was our relationship moment. real? Like, yeah. was any of this real? Um, and that's a scary thing to do. But I think that that's a really real experience that a lot of people go through. I'm glad that to it was sort such through. like a simple like. I like girls. He gets on the train and leaves. And it's like, like, all right. Okie dokie then. <laughs> Bye. See you later, I guess. This is where we part ways. This is where I leave you. Yeah. Okay. So this one that we got on Instagram, this is a follow-up to a coming out story that we got last year. Yeah. Which is really, really cool. So last year, I believe she's from Uruguay. She wrote to us and said that she realized that she was pansexual and she didn't know how to... Um, come out to her family and that she had not come out yet to her mother. So let's get into this follow-up. Let's dive right in. Hey, gals. I just finished listening to the Fatherhood episode, and it inspired me on giving a little update on my coming out story. First of all, I haven't told my mother yet, though I made huge advances. Basically, she loves my girlfriend even though she thinks she is my friend. She got to really meet her, and now she really likes her and cares for her. I just hope that her opinion doesn't change when she finds out who she actually is. On the other side, my father is not as close-minded as my mother. I don't live with him, so he is not part of my romantic life, but I believe that he knows that I'm queer. There's been three or four times where he mentioned a possible future of me being with a woman, for example. Uh, When I traveled to New York, he joked on the possibility of me meeting someone and never coming back to Uruguay. He used male and female pronouns when he said, maybe you'll meet a New Yorker and stay there. And then I'm guessing that this is their language, un neoyorquino o neoyorquina. Okay. So, either or. And more situations like that. I hope I can build the courage to tell him soon. Sorry if this got super long. As always, I love you girls and thank you for everything that you do. Everyone's so concerned with it being too long. It's never it's too never long. It's never too long. It's never too long. Don't even worry about that. I mean, we're going to test our, our listeners now. Yeah. When we get like a six-page email. <laughs> I know, like, exactly. Oh, okay, that one might be too long. Yeah. Uh, but these ones are not at all. No. Um, that, I I kind of love that, that her dad is like... Maybe. I'm just dropping hints that I'm fine with yeah. whatever you've decided. Yeah. I remember her story from last year, actually, and um, her mother, I believe, these were her words, that she believes that her mother is pretty homophobic and has yeah. said things to her in the past um, that lead her to believe that and has made it very scary and difficult for yeah. her to feel comfortable Um coming out and I totally get that and I love that she doesn't feel rushed it's been a year and she still hasn't told her and that's totally okay like she's moving at her own pace but there's strides for her like she's making forward movement on on this and exactly and that's you know the best thing so thank you so much yeah it's got to be hard because it sounds like her dad is probably the parent that would be uh the one to embrace all of this where she's living with her mother. That right. makes things really complicated. And again, there's that thing where if she were to come out to one, it's keeping the secret from the other, and it's. It, I feel like that can always be it a complicated It would be difficult, situation. yeah. Even though they yeah. don't live together, 
they're still like co-parenting, you know? And I wanted to just touch on this really quickly because I did use the word in this email because it was written to us. Um, We got a lot of really good responses Mm -hmm. on the use of the Q word in LGBTQ. Yes. Um, Whenever I asked if that was an okay thing for us to be saying. And we got a lot of responses on both sides saying, yes, it is okay. No, it's, it's not really okay. Um, I'm going to move forward with caution and, you know, I'm going to err on the safe side and not use it. It was interesting to me how it was like a lot of the younger listeners saying like, yeah, use it. Like we're reclaiming it. And a lot of the old, older listeners that we have were very good at educating us about the history, the the history of the, the, Mm -hmm. that word and the different uses for it. And the understanding that yes, people are changing its um, connotation, but it can still be a really touchy, touchy subject. And we are not here to um, try to liberate that word in any way. That's not right. our... It's not our job. It's not our job to do mm-hmm. that as two straight women. So right. we're just not going to use it unless yeah. it is specifically written in a quote or a letter or something like that from right. that community. In, in the context of these stories, uh, if you hear that word, it's because that's what was written in the exactly. email. It's not because we're using it. And we just wanted to follow up with like... Thank you guys so much. That's yeah. exactly what we needed. We needed um, to be called in on that. And I appreciate everybody's opinions on Me it. Too. It was really, really like enlightening and yeah. eye-opening. And I was surprised we got so many responses. Yeah. That it really uh, was exactly what we were asking for. So thank you. Yes. All right. Moving right along. Hello, angry feminists. So I don't have the most interesting or dramatic coming out story ever, but I'd like to share anyway. To me, my story isn't just coming out, so my whole gay awakening is in here too. It might be a little long, sorry. When I went into fifth grade, my best friend, we'll call her A, came out to me as queer. When I was younger, I copied everything that A did, so I decided that if I also started identifying as LGBTQ+, I would be doing it because A was doing it, and that wouldn't be fair to actual LGBT people. Hence, I decided to identify as the straight but supportive friend instead. It was a major roadblock in figuring myself out. It took a very long time for me to stop questioning the authenticity of my own identity and feelings. Eventually, I came to the conclusion that it was undeniable. I was decidedly not straight, and I wasn't a girl either. I began to identify as pansexual slash romantic and pangender. For y'all and for listeners that might not know, pan means all. Pansexuality slash romanticism, or pan, is attraction to all genders regardless of gender. Gender does not play a role in attraction. Pangenderism is feeling slash identifying as all genders. At the same time, or switching, or any combination of the two, I came out to a lot of my close friends almost immediately. When I went to talk to my parents about it, it was a little different. They didn't actively not accept me, and they certainly didn't disown me or anything, but it was weird. They seemed okay with my sexuality, though my father was curious as to how I could know so young, but identifying as non-binary gender was so confusing for them. I told them that I'd like to use they-them pronouns, and they just didn't get it. They told me that, you have to cut us some slack, We're we're just going to forget, and that it would be so much easier if you just let us call you she. Don't get me wrong, I never would have gotten mad at them for misgendering me. I would have corrected them calmly and moved on, but they didn't even want to try. That was what bothered me the most. Since then, my identity has changed a lot. I feel like I should say the LGBTQ plus community hears a lot about the, quote, this is just a phase. And honestly, so what if it is? Is it so wrong to experiment and question yourself? People change, and that's okay. But it also might not be a phase, and it's unkind to dismiss it as such. 
In the middle of sixth grade, something changed. My crush, male, we'll call him M, and one of my other close friends, we'll call her C, started to date. When C told me, I was really upset because obviously my crush had started dating someone and I was pretty sure that he liked me. I was wrong in more ways than one. For starters, clearly M didn't like me that way. But second of all, that wasn't the real reason I was upset. It occurred to me that all of my sad thoughts were about C, not M. By the beginning of seventh grade, I identified as a lesbian. I also started to question being pangender. I eventually decided on just IDing as non-binary, not boy or girl, because pangender, pangender didn't feel authentic, but just the word girl used referring to myself made me cringe. Identifying as gay made so much sense to me, and it felt so right. So right, in fact, that I looked at nothing but gay memes for about a week. <laughs> I love it. Find your people. Exactly, right? I came out to my parents as gay, who again were accepting, but also a little skeptical. By that point, I had come out to them as non-binary about three times, and they had forgotten every one. I ended up coming out to them a total of six to eight times before they actually remembered. That is tiring. That is exhausting. <laughs> oh my god. That sounds super exhausting. I mean, listen, I get it from the perspective of, like, different generations are slower to adapt. Yeah. I, I understand all of that, but you gotta try harder than I mean, that. come on now. Like, six or seven times, you got to try harder than that. I understand that things happen, and even if you're supportive, maybe you will misgender someone on accident. But she said they forgot. And they didn't try at all. Like, (laughs) how could you forget? Like, that doesn't seem like something that, if your child comes out with something like that to you, it doesn't seem like that should just slip your mind. Yeah, oh, shoot. I forgot. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's not like milk at the grocery store. Yeah, exactly. I forgot. All right. Finally, at the end of seventh grade, I got asked out for the first time by a girl who we'll call Kay. It took me a while to figure out if I really liked her. After all, it would be weird to get overseas so fast. I said no at first, but on my birthday at the beginning of eighth grade, after months of thought, I changed my mind. It ended up being my first serious relationship and my first kiss. We really liked each other. But before I began dating Kay, I came out like to everyone. Well, I didn't exactly issue a statement to every single person in my life, but I stopped actively hiding it. And, well, I'm loud, so I didn't actively try to hide my relationship with Kay. It was pretty obvious. Not to mention, we recently had a Pride Day at my school, and we watch around with rainbows painted on my face and a Pride flag as a cape while being (laughs) referred to by myself and all my friends as the Alpha Gay. Oh, oh, wow. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) That's so perfect. Okay, so anyone who didn't know... So anyone who didn't know already knows now. Plus, I play a sport, and the people on my team with me were chill, so I did come out to all of them. A few months ago, Kay broke up with me, but it was for the best. About a month after that, I had since gotten over her. I got asked out again, but this time by a guy. And not just any guy. It was M, who had also since broken up with C. Gosh, this is like... I know. Oh, God, okay. It's okay, keep up. You gotta keep up. I love. It's like a soap opera. I love it. <laughs> he was really nice about it. He told me he wouldn't be offended if I said no, especially, but not exclusively, because he knew I was gay. He just thought he should ask anyway, because he really liked me. And the weirdest part? It didn't seem totally out of the question. I told him I would need a day to think about it, and I did. I figured I should ask someone for advice, and my thought process went in the direction of, but if I ask someone and they say I shouldn't do it, I'll probably slap them. Huh. <laughs> well, well, if I would slap, I think you know. <laughs> well, if I would slap someone who said no, then I probably want to do it. Oh wow, definitely. Oh wow, I definitely want this. I came into school the next day and immediately told him yes. We are still together and happy, and I have come to the conclusion that I'm bi. At least for now, that's the label I'm using. 
I am out to all my friends and parents, and I'm happy. My parents are starting to at least attempt to use they, them for me sometimes, only in front of me, if at all. The most frustrating thing is that my parents say they love me if I would educate them about it, but whenever I try, they get annoyed and complain that it's too complex and that they know enough already. But I am surrounded by loving friends, some of whom are also gay, which besides meaning same gender attraction is also an umbrella term for the whole community, but I still use for myself along with the LGBT LGBT plus people. A sister with a bi pride flag literally hanging out her window and parents who have flaws but also accept me in their own way regardless. And that's my story. Although there is one thing I didn't mention and that is my favorite funniest coming out moment of all. I know you can't win at Truth or Dare, but trust me, I won. (laughs) I was in a school play, and after opening night, there was a cast party. All 12 of us played Truth or Dare, and there were some other crew members in the room. When it was my turn, I chose Truth. Naturally, being middle schoolers, all the questions were about sex and dating. The question I was asked was, have you ever done it with one of the guys in our grade? The whole room went silent, waiting for me to answer. Without a moment of hesitation, I said, excuse me? I'm a lesbian. And everyone (laughs) burst out laughing. Nobody was homophobic. It was just that nobody was expecting it because most of the other girls in the class of 2023 at my school are overwhelmingly straight. Everyone was really chill about it after, and it was probably the funniest thing to ever leave my mouth. Ray John, a loyal listener. Seriously, this is my favorite podcast. Oh, I love all of the complexities of that story, not just the complexity of their situation trying to figure out who they are moving through this this world, you know, but also the complexity of her parents struggling to understand and, and how things are complicated. And just because your parents fuck up or are imperfect, it doesn't mean that they don't love you. And yes, they need to do better. It's not an excuse for them to not do better. But I like that they can recognize that their parents are at least trying, you know, um, which is something, you know, it's not ideal, but it's something. Yeah. They also did a really great example of adding asterisks throughout and kind of explaining the different things. Um, I like this one where they say, I had always leaned femme, and even though I was non-binary, lesbian also felt like the right label, despite the fact that I'm not a girl. So kind of like going through and adding like little notes to her email was really helpful for us when we were reading it. And I think this is the best example that we've gotten in an email um, that really demonstrates the fluidity of sexuality and that you don't have to paint yourself into a box. And I feel like... You know, of course, there's so much pressure to be straight in our society, of course. But I also feel like in certain communities within the LGBTQ community, it's like once you've decided you're this thing, I can imagine it's hard to tell people in that community that like, well, actually, you know, I'm also attracted to men or, you know. um, And I think that that's it's just a good example of that people are complex and they, you know, they change or their yeah. feelings change or they discover new things about themselves that they well, didn't realize and we're were there before. growing. Right. And, like, if I'm thinking about myself in middle school, I mean, they are way more self-aware than I ever was when I was in middle school. But the way that they're, like, explaining their um, realizations as they change through this, like, very vulnerable time in their lives, I think can speak to a lot of younger LGBTQ plus people who are like, I'm scared to maybe make 
a label for myself right now because I don't, you know, I'm you don't still know learning yourself and changing. Completely yeah, yet. exactly. And I also think it's going to be an interesting study when we look back on this period of time in, you know, 10, 20 years because I feel like young people right now, they're in a very unique place that's different from where you and I were because yeah. I feel like the conversations around sexuality have opened up so much mm-hmm. that... I feel like they got a wealth of information at mm-hmm. a young age. And so maybe they just discovered what pansexual was and they yeah. were like, yes, that's, that's me. And then they go on and they're like, oh, maybe that's not me. You know, yeah. where I think in the future, whenever this all just becomes normal, for lack of a better word, right. it all just becomes like standard part of life, yeah. part of life that it, it will be a different experience for yeah. people trying to figure out what label they want to put on themselves yeah. if any label at exactly. all you know it yeah, won't matter so much I think it's another thing that's it's hard to like put labels on yourself and I know that for a lot of people I would say most people labeling helps you better understand your identity um but like it is a really complicated thing like it would be hard for me to label myself in only a few words you know what I mean right of course yeah I mean and again you're always growing and changing and stuff fluctuates. We are complex human yeah. beings, everybody. Complex creatures. Okay, so this is another follow-up to last year, Yay! which is really cool. Um, I submitted my coming out story last year, so I won't make this long. <laughs> Every email is like, don't be long. Yep. Um, I won't make this long, but there's been some really lovely advancements. Love it. Coming out is never truly just a single event, but a series of events. So true. Yep. First, sometimes you have to tell your parents six to eight times. Sometimes you just got to really <laughs> drive that home. Beat them over the head with a mallet. First, there's coming out to yourself and facing your own internalized homophobia and learning to accept yourself. Then there's coming out to family, friends, strangers. Sometimes it's slipping and saying my ex-girlfriend, oh, uh, I mean boyfriend, to a coworker who kind of just grins and nods. Or it's walking into a Waffle House after Pride dressed in all rainbows and getting disapproving looks from other patrons. You Love never it. really stop coming out. After coming out to my mom, I started opening that door a little more. Perhaps my favorite story is... One day, in the car with my Nana, I was psyching myself up like a nervous middle schooler about to give a presentation. I took a deep breath and tried to work it into the conversation. She didn't hesitate. Oh, and she's using her name here, so I'm assuming it's okay to use. Uh, Oh, Allie, I knew that. You never had the same boy-crazy phase as your cousins or siblings. I always had a hunch, but I'm very glad you feel comfortable telling me. Oh, Nana. Don't mind your father too much. He will come to terms eventually. Just keep being you, and whether you bring home a boy or a girl, make sure they're nice people. (laughs) Fucking grandparents, am I right? The best. I had to fight back tears, but that was the first time a family member had been so positive about it, and it filled me with so much hope. A year later, my second cousin came out as gay, and my Nana joked that if Lily comes out as asexual or trans, I will have one of each. <laughs> Shout out to my Nana for being the best ally. She knows all of, like, the I know, language, she's, she knows, too. It's stark contrast to the yeah. parents in the last episode. I know, right? Nana she's is like, on top of it. Yeah, she's she's on Google. She's on the Google late at night. Figuring being it like, out. What is all this? Okay. Very in touch. 
I hope to one day live in a world where people don't have to come out all the time, a world where it can be as nonchalant and casual as it was with my Nana. Mm -hmm. One day, I hope to be able to work up the courage to come out to my father. I pray that one day no child will ever doubt a parent's love as anything but unconditional. I pray that one day there won't be homelessness or high suicide rates among LGBTQ teens who feel like they have nowhere to go. It looks like the world is taking steps in the right direction. I've seen so many wonderful changes, but we aren't quite there yet. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed my little short long story there. I'm so excited for the episode. Keep raging on. (laughs) That's so lovely. Nana! She touched on so much great stuff in there. Like, not just coming out to your Nana, which was the best. I I loved it. Uh, But also... That's what we all want. I think that we said that in our last coming out episode, and we've touched on it in this episode, that hopefully in the future, this will become just something that is unnecessary to do, that you can just bring somebody home and your parents and your family members will be accepting. I know we're a ways off from that. We're several generations away from being uh, there, but I mean, people like Nana, we're taking steps in the right direction. Yeah, everyone needs a Nana in their lives like that. All right. Hello, gals. I love the podcast. My coming out story is a little weird, but definitely worth sharing. I'm an athletic woman, and I definitely have a masculine personality. I play rugby, and I can drink beer like it's water. <laughs> Throughout college, men would assume I was a lesbian due to playing rugby, and my personality, I, was, I always brushed it off because I knew I was straight. During my last relationship, which was abusive emotionally and mentally, I confided in him that I told him I liked lesbian porn because it was softer. Hetero porn always seemed too rushed, and I liked lesbian porn because it focused on the woman's orgasm instead of focusing on the man in hetero porn. This is me. I understand. (laughs) I do understand. After I told him this, he would begin trying to tell me to have a threesome He would begin trying to get me to have a threesome with another woman, which I did not want to do. He would try to force me to watch lesbian porn with him, which I did not want to do either. I had a panic attack once because he put lesbian porn on and was touching himself. I just sat on my phone and ignored it until I couldn't. Oh my god, that sounds horrible. Ooh, awkward. No. During our entire relationship, he always worried that I would hook up with a woman when I never had an experience with a woman. He would also call me a lesbian regularly. After many months of dealing with this, I finally decided to leave him. Thank God. Fucking toxic masculinity on the max. Maximum level. After leaving, I began thinking, well, what if I am a lesbian? Maybe everyone is seeing something I'm not. I was already on Tinder, so I changed it from interested in men to interested in men and women. I began having conversations with women and openly expressed that I was curious and that I have never had an experience with a woman. I began imagining my life with a woman, like in a relationship and possible marriage. My aunt is a lesbian. We had made the decision to go to Philly Pride, which was a blast, and I'm attending again this year. My goal was to make out with a woman, in which I did. I was so embarrassed because my aunt witnessed it, and I had not told her I was flirting with the idea of being gay. She was totally cool with it, but then I was thinking, maybe I'm not. Throughout the summer, I flirted with women at rugby tournaments, even kissed a few, but I couldn't wrap my head around actually having sex with a woman. I started thinking, am I trying to fit myself into this mold that others have told me I belonged in? I knew I was attracted to women physically, but maybe I wasn't attracted sexually. 
I decided to change my Tinder to only interested in men. A few weeks later, I met my current boyfriend, who is an absolute peach, and is the <laughs> man I finally deserve in my life. He loves my passion for aggressive sports and my masculine personality. He is very okay with his own masculineness and is accepting of mine. I had a realization back in April when we were at a Game of Thrones-themed drag show. The host was talking about the burlesque dancer and had expressed that he thought breasts were beautiful, but he never wanted to touch them, and I realized that's exactly how I felt. <laughs> That I can appreciate feminine beauty without needing to indulge myself in it. What a concept. I felt the need to share this because maybe others feel the same way. That you're not a typical male or female personality and people just assume your sexuality and place you in a box. Now I can embrace my masculineness and my feminineness equally. That they can exist together and that labels don't matter. Just be true to yourself. Thank you for spreading all the positivity and knowledge to your base. We appreciate it more than you know. All the best, Angie. This is why gender and sexuality are not always tied together, Yeah. first of all. And secondly, it's also why these heteronormative gender norms that we put on children, we've yeah. had that conversation about, like, adhering, you know, genders to children, mm-hmm. um, can be so damaging. Because if we didn't exist in a world where liking sports and liking beer made you manly... yeah then no one would be attributing your sexuality to your likes and dislikes. Exactly. Like, it's, it's such a, a strange thing, and it cause, causes so much unnecessary confusion. Yeah. And, you know, maybe this was a path that she needed to go down, and she doesn't regret any of it, and that's great. But it's also shitty that she felt this pressure from society yeah. Yeah. and from a shitty, abusive relationship yeah. to... To, you know, take that path at all. I mean, yeah, I just think it, I think it's such a normal experience, though, to be like to question that and want to have other sexual experiences. Oh, for to, sure. To make sure of a certain thing about yourself. Like and now, you know, you yeah, know, I, I mean, like I've I've kissed girls. Me not, too. Not in a way where I'm like, let me see if I'm sexually attracted to them. But it was pretty clear. I was like, you know. Not for me. Yeah, for th- me. this was fun, but not for me. Yeah. yeah, and I've been attracted to women in a sense, not in a way that I want to, like, have sex with them, but I can appreciate the fact that they're very attractive. Right. And I, I've i had the same thing where I've, I think I've talked about on the show where I, if I watch porn, it would be lesbian porn because heterosexual porn is so aggressive aggressive mm-hmm. and demeaning and it's so it's so for the male gaze which a lot of lesbian porn is too yes. so you have to kind of like weed through it a bit but I've, I've had boyfriends who were like that's really weird like that's what I would watch why are you watching that why does that turn you on are you thinking why about does it turn you on like yeah, why I, does it turn you well, on they'd be like well because I'm picturing being with that person are you picturing being with that person and it was hard to explain that like no it's it's the it's seeing people happily having sex and being turned on that I think turns that, you on. that argument is so fucking misogynistic in nature. Yeah. Like, to to say that, like, I can enjoy all different kinds of porn, but it's weird that you do. Yeah. Like, that's, it, it's, that's, so, so, I mean. So if a guy is watching heterosexual porn, is he thinking about. Exactly. Like, that's so weird. It doesn't make any sense It, it doesn't make any sense. Um, but, so, uh, yes. It is so normal to have different experiences and want to have different experiences, and that is that is so normal. Um, just examine, like, why you're doing it, because in this case, it seems like a large part of that was because she felt pressure from, yeah. like, people on the outside. To fit into a box. To fit into a box. Um, 
and and that's it's really unfair yeah. to do that to people. But I love that that story came through in, in our coming out stories. Yeah, me too. Because it was just like someone trying to like weed through their sexuality, which is really really cool. Yeah. Okay, so this is an email we got. Hi, I'm a female singer-songwriter from Niagara Falls, U.S. side. I don't know where to start or what to say. If this is a coming-out story, I should start at age 12. I was sleeping over at my best friend's house, and I remember thinking about how pretty she was. I remember being so curious. I had a pit of shame in my stomach then, and I do now as I write. I told my mom that I thought I liked girls. I was confused and crying. My father was really homophobic back then, so I asked my mom and sister not to tell him. When I was 15, I had my first sexual encounter with a girl, but she was very masculine and I didn't touch her. So uh, I didn't touch her. She touched me. So when shame came up in my head, I told myself that it was nothing and it didn't mean anything about who I was. When I was 16, I was with another girl, not going to get descriptive, but this time I was performing acts on her, which afterwards was even more confusing. I felt disgusting. I also think I felt shame because I didn't really know her well. It wasn't real emotional or special. I never lied to friends or significant others about it. I would tell them I I would tell them that I had been with girls before, but I never said what that meant about me. I didn't want it to mean anything. I'm 20 now, and I'm in the most amazing relationship I could dream of. My boyfriend is so supportive and accepting of me in everything I do. I've recently started following an IG artist who paints naked women. They're beautiful paintings, and women obviously have admirable bodies. But looking at these pictures, I felt a sexual attraction towards the female body. It made me feel guilt that I had pushed down. I tried not to think about it. But listening to your coming out episode and hearing all these people say that they've accepted themselves made me think about how terrible shame feels. Suppressing my thoughts about women makes me think they're dirty and bad, and who wants to feel like they're bad for just being themselves? I thought about how it would feel to accept myself. I want to. I don't know why it's scary to say I'm bisexual. I think I've just been straight, in quotes, for so long that it's uncomfortable and evolving is scary. I told my best friend and my boyfriend that I like girls. My best friend said, that's cool, and she loves me, lol. Very <laughs> chill and nonchalant. My boyfriend seems proud of of my boyfriend seems proud of all the growing I've been doing. He said he'll always accept me. His unconditional love inspires me to love myself more. I was hurt by an adult male when I was 16. After about four years, I found feminism, which has been my rock when it comes to healing and learning that it wasn't my fault. I've been learning to love myself and bring up other women, cheer them on instead of feeling like they are my competitors. I hated women for so long. I thought they all had something I didn't, and so I wasn't good enough for the men around me. I wanted to be prettier, but I think I really just felt resentment towards them due to my feelings about myself. I'm growing and changing so much. I'm seeing more every day how society molded me and molds all girls to be small and weak and shameful. I'm learning to be stronger and confidently take up space. Thank you for helping me see that I'm not alone in any of this. Listening to you girls makes me feel like you're my friends who help me through life. Feel free to use my name because I'm not ashamed anymore. I'm Desiree. Thank you for everything. (laughs) Desiree. That's wonderful. I love it. Your boyfriend. My God. Amazing. What what a great man. Feminist icon. Feminist icon. Desiree's boyfriend. Desiree's boyfriend. (laughs) Man Crush Monday, Desiree's boyfriend. Um, That's, I mean, it's funny, like, there are certain things that we 
here like that, like a boyfriend being so supportive, and we're immediately like, yes, feminist icon. Like I'm watching The Bachelorette, and this guy is oh, no- Tyler C. Tyler my C. Heart. Yes, my heart. Yes. But like, it's such a low bar. I just know. being like, yes, because it's The Bachelor. Um, but it's so important to even like celebrate those things because it is a huge deal for a significant other who may believe that you're straight is cool with you like exploring different sides of yourself and also not feeling threatened. Well, I mean, and that's what real love should be. And I understand that it's extremely scary to like approach your significant other, but if they truly love you, you're gonna grow and change. If this is gonna be a relationship that lasts, you Mm -hmm. know, throughout time, they have to accept that you are going to change. Things about you are going to change. You have to grow and change together. And you have to. Yeah. You know, and so I think that that is so wonderful. Desiree, please tell your boyfriend that we love him. Uh, We love him so much. And your bestie, too. I know. she was just like, okay. (laughs) Okay, LOL. That's fine. Cool. Sounds good. All right. But, But to touch on, like, the shame. Oh, yeah. You know, like, it's, I can so relate to that. Like, just being like, you're learning new things about yourself and it's making you feel ashamed and you're projecting that shame on the people around you. Yeah. And it's actually really commendable that she took a hard look at herself and decided, like, you know, this is actually who I am and I don't want to feel this anymore. Yeah, and also to look at the competitiveness she felt toward other women and seeing how that reflected back to herself, I think is also a really commendable thing that she's able to realize and be... um, aware of as she grows and changes Mm -hmm. to change that about herself because we know that competitiveness between women is such an issue. Absolutely. And so to be able to see in your past where you've been competitive or against women in some way and see how you can change that, I think Mm -hmm. is really important for like all women. Absolutely. You know, agree. All right. This was a subject under fatherhood, motherhood coming out story. So we're getting all three in one. (laughs) Bada bang. All right. Hello, two exclamation points. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Me again. Haha. <laughs> I've only sent in one other email talking about cons- conservative YouTubers, but I wasn't sure if you guys received it. We did. We get a lot of episode uh, suggestions, suggestions. Yes. And we are adding them to our list. We are trying to work on what would be the best for us and timing and everything like that. We did receive it. Sorry that we didn't respond. We are responding now. Okay. <laughs> I was listening to your mini episode number 58, and you guys asked for fatherhood and motherhood stories. My dad and I have always been really close, so I wanted to share the story of how I came out as a lesbian to him. Although now I think that think about it, this could possibly be either a fatherhood and or motherhood and or coming out story. I'll let I love you, it. <laughs> I'll let you guys decide what works, if that's all right. Whatever works best for you guys. Well, this is what we're doing. I'll start at the beginning. I was about 14 years old when I noticed I liked girls, and by 15, I decided I was bi. Later, I'd come to realize I am an, I'm actually a lesbian, but at the time, I was experiencing a lot of compulsive heterosexuality and didn't realize it. I brought up the subject with my mom, who I have a decent relationship most of the time, but beginning about two years prior, she had become somewhat verbally and emotionally abusive toward me and my brother. I didn't plan to come out to her yet, but she became suspicious and basically manipulated me into coming out to her. To give a little bit more context, she's a hardcore Catholic and religion has always been a pretty big part of our lives, although she was always more serious about it than I was. I had asked her for her opinion on the whole gay people going to hell thing that some people in the church say, and I guess I got too emotional because she started asking if I was trying to tell her I'm gay. 
I denied it, but she kept pressing the issue and wouldn't let me leave the situation. And I ended oh, up breaking awful. down and admitting it. That is lying. awful. You were interrogated. <sighs> that makes me feel things. Things were fine for a few days, although she didn't seem to be taking it well. But when I asked... Don't ask for shit that you don't want to hear then. I know, right? But when I asked if she still loved me, it didn't feel very sincere, but I shrugged it off. Oh, God. That is awful. Oh, God. About a week later, it got really bad. She called me to her room and said she was ready to talk about it. She basically told me that I was too young to know if I really was attracted to girls, and this was a big decision to make. Then why would you ask the question? Exactly. Then why are you interrogating her? Why did you force her to tell you then? Yeah. Like... Let her, then let her wait and figure it out if you think she's too young, and then she can come to you. <sighs> okay, whatever. Um, <laughs> and it was a big decision to make. Looking back, I can't help but laugh at what BS that is. Nobody tells straight kids they're too young to know their sexuality. And the fact that she called it a decision amuses me in a sad way as well. So she wanted me to wait until I was 18 to decide. What? Stop getting a tattoo. Like, and... <laughs> <laughs> you're not suddenly more mature at 18. Like, no. it, it, it doesn't happen overnight like that, where you yeah. can, like, okay, you're equipped to make a huge decision now because Ke- 24 hours happened. Keegan, it gets worse. Ugh. She also told me that until then, she wanted me to try to only be attracted to boys. Oh, what? And that I wasn't allowed to date girls. Not knowing what else to say, I lied and told her, okay, and left. I cried myself to sleep last night. I'm going to cry myself to sleep tonight because of this story. Oh, my God. Dear fucking Lord. That oh, night? She, she said go- she said that night she cried herself to sleep. Okay, you said last night, and I was like... Oh, <laughs> sorry. I mean, listen, well within her... Yeah, you, you can cry yourself to sleep. Every night if you want night. to. But don't. But don't, yeah. Try to, yeah, I hope you've moved on since then. All right. Over the course of the next few months, she would bring up the subject now and then, telling me, do you go around telling people you're bi? Because I know you're not. I had a crush on one of my female friends at the time, and when my mom found out, she asked, is your crush a boy? I tried to lie and said and say yes, but she kept pressing me on the subject until I caved and admitted that I liked another girl. She what sounds is her terrible. problem? I don't like her. I don't. <laughs> okay, this infuriated her. Then don't fucking ask. She started screaming at me <laughs> that she told me to only like boys. Yes, but that doesn't fucking change anything. I told you. Mom. I told you already. Mom. <laughs> boys only. <laughs> God damn it. I started crying and I said I was trying. I wasn't, but she didn't need to know that. Yeah, fuck that. And all, sorry, I said that, not her. And all she said was, well, then try harder. And that was the end of it. I can't. I can't with this email right now. Yeah, we're genuinely infuriated. Oh, my God. Thank God there's a little bit of alcohol left in there. (laughs) This whole experience was worsening my depression. Well, yeah, but that last interaction really hurt me. She noticed I seemed particularly upset in the days following and confronted me about it. I told her that when she screamed at me to try harder, it really hurt, and she asked why I hadn't said something then, not seeming to realize that I didn't feel safe to say that. Wow, she seems manipulative. Yeah. Over the next year, she continued to make hurtful remarks to me, telling me not to tell my dad because there was no way he would accept it. Fortunately, around the time I turned 16, things seemed to die down. It's been six years since this happened, and I'm 21 now. Throughout the past couple years, she's made homophobic comments, both in general and directed at me, but instead of telling me I wasn't attracted to girls, she'd say, Don't hug your friends for so long. People will think you're gay. My friends and I always give each other long hugs, and it's never been weird between us. Or you're, you're making it weird, Mom. Yeah, exactly. You're making it weird. You and your 
uh, parentheses, female presenting non-binary friend, can't go to prom together, people will think you're a couple, and that's just unacceptable okay, to me. Okay, this sounds like mom is dealing with some of her own issues. Yeah. Like, she's projecting her own shit. Yeah. You know, that's what this seems like to me. I feel like a lot of times with people like this, it's that they're worried about how it's going to reflect on them. them. Like, yeah. about what people are going to think about them and yeah. their parenting. Yeah. Ugh. I explained to her that we were going as friends, but she didn't care, so I didn't go to prom because of her. I'm going to flip the table. (laughs) I wish I would have gotten the experience, but hey, what can you do, I guess? Can we throw you a prom? Seriously. We should have a prom for everyone who didn't get to go to prom. Yes. With who they wanted to go to prom with. Let's have a Your Angry Neighborhood Feminist prom. Yeah. She hasn't brought up me liking girls since high school, and I honestly believe she's forgotten about the whole thing. Dear Lord. She has some real forgetful parents on yeah, this episode. Right? She has an awful memory and other health issues, and I feel bad for her, but I still resent her for what she put me through. This whole incident left me traumatized and fearing for my safety in my own home, drove me to self-harm even more than I already had been, and honestly made me contemplate and attempt suicide just to go just to get away. I'm about, I'm almost five and a half months clean from self-harming as of writing this email, and I'm actually glad I stayed alive. I Stopping self-harm is so hard. hard. It took me years to completely stop. And I was still noticing little things that I that I did that I didn't realize were weird and harmful mm-hmm. for years mm-hmm. later. It's, it's such a hard thing to do. I commend you 100%. Okay, now to get to the fatherhood part of this story. For the past year or so, I have been considering coming out to my dad. My mom had insisted that his reaction would be just as bad, if not worse, than hers. But despite that, he and I always had a great relationship, and aside from making an ignorant, stupid joke now and then, he actually seemed pretty accepting of gay people. I'm a lesbian and proud of it, and it's taken a long time to get where I am, and I've gotten tired of hiding. My friends and coworkers know and are supportive, and I really believe my dad would too. He's so much different from my mom, and I felt like... Worst case scenario, it might take some getting used to for him, but I couldn't imagine putting me through what my mom did. So this past February, he and I were in the car going to get our taxes done. Oh, boy. Which usually isn't such a bad experience. Oh, good for you. <laughs> the lady the lady we see lives about two hours away, but she's nice, and her dog is adorable and plays with you while you're getting your taxes done. Oh, oh there's well. a plus. Yeah. Oh, I'd be okay it's with like that, It's like a therapy too. dog. Yeah, right? <laughs> Please. <laughs> The subject of my mom's abusive behavior came up, and I vaguely mentioned that she did something a couple years back, referring to how she handled my coming out, but not going into much detail, as it's still very traumatic to talk about. My dad said if said if what happened was that bad, then I needed to discuss it with my therapist so I could get help for it. I agreed, and when he asked me if I was comfortable sharing what it was that she abused me over, I sort of paused to take a breath and figure out how to say before admitting, I don't like boys. He seemed a bit confused and said, you don't like boys, like, right now or at all? (laughs) What does that mean? (laughs) At this moment? Like, you don't like any boys right now? In this car? That's good. (laughs) Keegan. I'm just saying. What does that mean? (laughs) I felt my voice shaking as I said, I don't like boys at all. Do you think you're gay? I know I am. He went quiet for a moment, but when he finally spoke up, he told me, you're still my daughter. I still love you. And when he said that, I could tell he meant it. He admitted that he's had some suspicions about me, but I figured I'd come to him when I was ready. I broke down crying when he told me that he wasn't mad at me, then laughed a bit when he joked that there's better things to be mad at me about, like my messy room and messy (laughs) car. I am so 
I've been furious at this mom through this yeah. entire thing, but I am Dad came through. really mad at her for robbing her daughter of all of these years when she could have had a supportive parent. Right? Because you lied to her and told her, that scared dad, her yeah. into feeling like she she couldn't come out to her dad mm-hmm. when she could have had a supportive parent this whole time. That's so fucked up. So fucked up. Religion is still a pretty big part of my family's life. And he said that he doesn't believe being gay will get someone sent to hell. That he believes God would just want us to love each other no matter what, and there's nothing to gain from making someone else feel horrible about themselves. Amen. Yeah. I'm going to cry. I know. Dad. He told me that no matter what gender they are, if I could find someone to be happy with, then he was happy for me. Do you know how hard it is to find someone else in the world who loves you? Who cares who they are? If you find someone else who will love you and, like, put up with your shit, and you can put up with their shit, like... Who fucking cares? Yeah. Do that. Yeah. Life is short. Exactly. Hearing him say all this felt like a weight was lifted off my shoulders. Knowing that I had my dad's support and I had nothing to be afraid of was so incredible. I don't even know how to describe it. I actually wish I had told him sooner since I know that everything would be okay. My dad is amazing and I couldn't be more thankful to have him in my life. Wow, this story ended up being a lot longer than I expected. <laughs> Drink every time someone mentions that. I know, honestly. Apologies, but this is the first time I've ever fully explained what happened to me, and now I'm sort of in the shock, but also relieved that I finally got it all out. It feels so good to get all of this out there, and I want to thank you for giving me a chance to do this. Again, I love the podcast, and you're both amazing, wonderful people. Danny. <laughs> I know. This episode always makes me feel emotionally super drained. Oh, my God. In, in a good way. That in was a good an way. emotional roller coaster. But I, I don't know. It's It's such a... It's such a crazy thing to think that, like, we can be a platform for people to share their experiences and really examine what they went through. Yeah. You know, and acknowledge that it's a big deal. It's a huge deal. You know? That's... I can't... I'm reeling from that. My... I I, I can't form sentences right now. Yeah, I got sweaty in this closet. We were we were getting real mad. Oh, my <laughs> God. We... Our drinks are too low for this shit. I... I and it went... Like, I drank most of that during that story. It was just out of pure fury. <laughs> <You> did. <laughs> pure fury. <laughs> All right, Keegs, here you go, girl. All right. Hi, guys. I recently started listening to your Angry Neighborhood Feminist, and although I'm not usually the podcast type, yours is an absolute joy to listen to. Thank Welcome. you so much. Uh, even when the topics in the news are gruesome and truly scary, you seem to make them interesting and sometimes funny without diminishing their seriousness. Oh, my God. That is the biggest compliment you could have given us because that is you. a hard line to walk sometimes. It is very, very hard difficult. Line to walk. I am only 14 and it's not often that I listen to the news or understand it. I this, didn't when I was 14 either. <laughs> me neither. This podcast helps me stay updated on current events and allows me to form opinions on them. I recently listened to your coming out episode and I thought I'd share my experience. Although I'm not out to anyone about my bisexuality, I know my family would be very accepting. It wasn't until about a year ago that I really came to terms with who I was. Since I was 10, I had wondered if maybe I was gay. After developing crushes on boys at school, I realized that this was not the case. I am from a small town and know... No one in the LGBTQIA plus community to ask for help. So I left the feelings be until they started reemerging last July. Doing the only thing I could think of at the time, I started a Pinterest board under a fake name where I could pin pictures of cute lesbian couples. Oh. 
dorky i know she says oh no, my god that's perfect. wonderful that's the best i i mean i feel like it's like tumblr pinterest instagram it's yeah. like a place to kind of like look at that stuff when you're curious and not really be afraid of other people like knowing it and there are two it. sides to the internet you know yeah. like there's good good stuff there's bad stuff but oh. i feel like for young people it can be an avenue to learn things yeah. about yourself and I think that and that's she's just so like cute I love that pictures it's just cute lesbian couples oh my god that's so cute I don't even okay. think it's dorky I think that that's no. such a good idea I do too um, eventually I found out what bisexuality was and it really resonated with me I hope to come out to the people in my life soon but for now it feels good just to speak the truth anyway I love your podcast and will continue to listen rage on uh P.S. I'm okay with you reading this on the podcast if you wanted to, but it doesn't. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this P.S. because P.S. I'm okay with this being read on the podcast if you wanted to, but it doesn't have to since I'm sure there are other listeners with stories of much more hardship. Girl, your story matters. Yes, and I'm happy that we read it. Yes. You never need to apologize or think that you haven't gone through enough to yeah. share to share your story. It's your fucking story. And I think that was that was a good cleanse from the anger of that last one with oh, how it's it so precious. I love it so much. It was so, it's so pure and so sweet and the way that you don't have to tell anybody if you don't want to. You know who you are. You're experiencing these things on your own. You're 14 fucking years old. Do what you want to do that's yeah. going to make you happy and make you feel safe and good. I think what you're doing is perfect and thank you for sending us your message. Yeah. Send us as many messages as you want, girl. They're all important. We love yeah. it. Alright. Hey. So I've been listening to your podcast for a long time. Actually, the first podcast I ever listened to. I'm sorry, what? Uh, uh, I'm sorry, yeah. I'm we, sorry. You were a podcast virgin? <laughs> and we, we were the we first... We took your virginity? We took your or, podcast no, no. virginity? I should, I should say, you gave us your virginity. You get, yes. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're getting slap happy in here now. I know. And I remember hearing the coming out stories and thought how powerful these people are and how much courage they have to expose themselves and be that vulnerable with not only their loved ones, but everyone listening to the podcast. So in March, on March 22nd, I DM'd you guys and I was kind of freaking out and asking for advice because I was thinking thinking of finally telling my friends and family that I'm bisexual. I deleted the direct message the next day. The week leading up to March 23rd, I had been feeling so trapped and alone because I was having feelings for a girl and couldn't talk to my friends or family about anything. I remember that week I had been feeling very depressed and my anxiety was through the roof. So on March 23rd, when I had reached my breaking point, I decided to tell a few of my closest friends. I texted my best friend friend and told her first and I remember sending the text and immediately throwing my phone and crying on my floor because I was so scared. My best friend is very similar to me with our political and social views so I know she wouldn't be a bitch about it. Five minutes later after I sent it she responded sick. That's what I thought you were going to say. <laughs> sick in a good sick. way. Obviously. I love that. <laughs> Are you from California? So my courage went up and I told a few more friends over text. Now I have another very close friend that is very religious and I know she's had a past with acceptance. I know I had to do that one in person, so I drove out with her and we sat in a parking lot. After I cried a bunch, I finally choked out the words. I can say without a doubt that that was the hardest thing I've ever had to do. My throat closed up and I thought I was going to throw up and everything was spinning. I know, I'm super dramatic. She grabbed my hand and told me how proud she was and how happy for me she was, and that's when all the tears started coming. All right. 
either I'm super dramatic too or you're not dramatic. Because I yeah. feel like I would be experiencing the same thing. Yeah. I get such anxiety yeah. about about stuff like that, like going into what you think is going to be a difficult conversation yep. that I relate super yep. hard. Yep. Just wanting to vomit everywhere. I asked her if she thought I was going to hell, and that's when she started crying. She told me that she had gone to see an LGBTQ plus speaker with her mom last year, and that she that it completely changed her view on how to accept people. We talked for a while, and everything was fine. I told my parents a few days later by simply walking in and saying, I like girls and guys. Any questions? And that was it. <laughs> I love that. That's Applaud. one way to approach a difficult conversation. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> I'm going to take the reins on this. Yeah, except any questions? The hardest of all of those was my religious friend, and that's why I wanted to share this story. So many people have friends or family in their lives that they are scared won't accept who they are. I still have yet to come out to 90% of the people in my life, including almost all of my family. I know that it's scary, but I wanted to share something that my friend said. The thing about coming out that people don't really understand is, does who you're attracted to really matter? No. But it's still scary to defy the expectations of the person you tell and what they believed about you all their life. You're worried they are going to think differently of you, and you have to confront that at some point. Coming out can be used as a way of ripping off the band-aid and showing yourself more to society. I personally love how that was phrased. Mm -hmm. I'm going to add something else that my other friend said because this helped me a lot when I was telling other people. All I can say is that if people can't accept you for something as simple as who you're attracted to, then maybe they're not the ones that matter. Mm -hmm. You matter. And I get that you can do whatever you want because it's your life and your feelings. All that shit, but never in a million years would I want to be friends or with family with people who don't respect me for something so simple. And I think the only way to know... Who those people are is by telling them. Absolutely. Oh, God, I love that. I know. I love that. Like, they're not, they don't matter. They're not. Have I shared my favorite Dr. Seuss quote? My favorite no, quote I don't of think all so. time? It's, um, be who you are and say what you feel because those who mind don't matter and those who matter don't yeah. mind. I had that painted on my door in my first apartment in it, LA. It's true. I, um, I have a friend from back home who, whenever we were friends, I knew he was gay. He is now a working drag queen in um, in St. Louis. And he's on dating apps, and he shared something recently that was like a screenshot where he was talking to a guy. That things were going well. They were going to meet up. And then he found out that he was a drag queen and was just like, I don't date drag queens. Like, no, no, thank you. I don't want to... I, I, I'm not interested in dating a drag queen. Okay. Which, whatever. That's your business. But I commented on that because I was just like, you're an amazing person. Yeah. And so it says more about that person yeah. than it does about you if they can't accept anything about you. you yeah. Know? That one helped me a lot. I have a lot of conservative family, and I've come to terms with the fact that they might not, that they may be the type of people that wouldn't even come to my wedding if it was with a girl. To conclude all of my rambling, I want to say that I'm very blessed to have the experience I've had with coming out, and even though when I'm writing this, I'm not completely out yet, I am proud of who I am and grateful to have the people in my life that I do. This is a message to everyone that is thinking of coming out. Do it for you. You don't have to tell everyone. You don't have to tell your parents if you don't want to. You don't owe anyone an explanation. Coming out is your journey, and you're the only one that gets to decide how and when to do it. Nobody can take that away from you. And like my friend said, if someone in your life doesn't accept you for something as basic as who you're attracted to, they aren't worth being in your life. I know it's scary. It's fucking terrifying to think about losing people you love, but everything happens for a reason, and you have millions of people that will love you and accept you no matter what. 
Find those people and please respect yourself and your feelings. You are important and you are valid in, in capital letters. <laughs> Again, P.S. Sorry this was so fucking long. I feel very <laughs> passionate about this stuff. I love you both. Power to the local feminist. P.S. <laughs> I didn't read through this before sending, so sorry if it's a train wreck. It was perfect. I love it. <laughs> it was perfect. Oh, God. That was such a wonderful message. Thank you so much for sharing that. We have two more, you guys. It's right. going to be a long one. It's a Here long you episode. Go, hang in. Hang in with us. Okay. I love the, the subject line. My story. How I found out I was not straight. <laughs> I used to not completely understand what the LGBTQIA plus community is. Growing up Christian in a very Catholic environment, as I went to Catholic school for nine years, I never thought about homosexuality in a positive or negative light. When I was in sixth grade, I started questioning when I learned about bisexuality and immediately thought, okay, so that makes sense. My school was an all-girls school, and I thought that if I told people about questioning that some of the more religious girls at my school would turn me away and that I wouldn't have any female friends because they would think I was attracted to them. Mm -hmm. uh, then came Jay. When I was in sixth grade, I met this girl named Jay who identifies as bisexual. After getting to know her, I fell for her, saying something was out of the question for me. I was afraid. Last year... When I was in seventh grade, one of my best friends, which I have known my whole life, came out as pansexual and transgender. If I would not, if it, if it would not have been for him coming out, I would never have realized I wasn't straight. This story and fight is still going to continue for me as I'm afraid to come out to my mom. She always says she's fine with gay and straight, but doesn't like bisexuals because they are, quote, just confused. Mm. I know that I'm not. Looking back at my childhood... I was always attracted to girls and guys. I would have thoughts like, oh, yeah, she's beautiful and kind, and if I were a boy, I would totally have a crush on her. Mm -hmm. Currently still in the closet, but working every day to try and embrace who I am. See? I love it. I know. I love that so many of the messages we've gotten are young. I was thinking young the same girls. thing. We've gotten none from guys so far. They're, no. They've all been, you know, women or non-binary. And... Um, they're all almost all very young yeah. girls. That's I mean, I'm just kind of astonished that especially so many young people are like, I'm gonna tell my story to these two girls on this <laughs> yeah. show. I've never I love it. I think it's great. Me too. Hey, I wanted to submit my coming out story. As you guys said, you wanted to receive submissions for an upcoming episode. My story is sort of long. I hope that's okay. Here's a drink for my last I'm sip. out of drinks. <laughs> I just took a baby sip. When I was growing up, I always knew I liked girls, and even as a child, I knew it was something frowned upon, and I knew it would make things much more difficult for me. My immediate family are pretty liberal, but I vowed to push my feelings for other girls away because I didn't want to be different from everyone around me. When I was a teenager, I had my first girlfriend, but I lied to my parents about her, telling them she was my best friend so they didn't suspect a thing when I was constantly at her house and I would lie about where I was going so they didn't realize how much time I spent with her or that we were going on dates." Our relationship was a secret, but there were rumors about us circulating at school, but the thought of coming out just sent me into a panic. We kept our relationship a secret from everyone for about a year. Then my mom became suspicious of us. A couple of times, she would catch us holding hands or looking at each other for a little too long, and she also began to notice I was with her probably a little too much. I felt guilty for lying to my mom. I wanted to tell her about my first kiss. I wanted her to comfort me when I had my first argument with my girlfriend. Everything that is normal for most straight people. 
One day, my aunt stumbled across a photo of me kissing my girlfriend. There was absolutely no way I could wiggle my way out of it. The evidence was right there. She sent me a text message telling me that she found, telling me what she found, and asking me if I was a lesbian. I said I wasn't gay, and the photo wasn't me, and I blocked her number in a complete panic. I told my girlfriend, and she wasn't freaked out like I was. She thought it was kind of funny, so we had an argument about it because I felt almost violated in a way, as if something had been stolen from me. I wasn't ready to come out, and I was panicking so much I could barely breathe. I think that's so valid. Yeah, I would be freaking out, too. When I got home from my girlfriend's house, I was upset, and things only got worse when I found my aunt had decided to message every single <gasps> one of my family members. Oh, my God. You didn't read this one before? This no. Is what I re- yeah. Including the extended ones I barely spoke with, showing them the photo. <gasps> she took a photo of it on her phone when she found it, and she sent it to, and this is in I'm all, sorry, my- all caps with spaces, everyone. Every. My relationship with that aunt is over. Over. Like, done. Like, we Bye. are cutting ties. No. That is so violating. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. What gives you the fucking right, aunt? How Jesus rude. Lord. I was horrified, embarrassed, ashamed. I was a mess. I didn't feel any relief to the secret being lifted. I just felt terrified and betrayed. I was not ready to come out, and I was so angry at my aunt for doing this to me. Oh, my God, mom, I would cut that person out. Yeah, so I thought you were going to say, just cut them. C- just cut them out. I was going to cut that person. My mom confronted me, and I said we kissed in the photo for a joke, and somehow I managed to convince her. But after that, I was never allowed to stay at my girlfriend's overnight because I guess deep down my mom knew something was up. My relationship fell apart shortly after all of this, and I was heartbroken, especially because it was me who ended it. But I couldn't turn to anyone. My connection to my aunt was destroyed, too, because I will never forgive her for what she did, Mm -hmm. which is valid. Mm -hmm. I started forcing myself to pay attention to men, so I would pretend to have crushes on them, so I didn't seem weird to my family or friends. For me, this was something I can only describe as similar to self-harm because it hurt to live inside a false reality, but it felt safer. I also ended up super confused because I knew deep down I was a lesbian, but I was too afraid of what that would mean. I came out as bisexual first to my mom. She said she already knew I liked girls, and she knew something was going on with my ex-girlfriend, but she didn't want to pressure me into coming out if I wasn't ready. She also told me she thought what my aunt did to me was wrong. I instantly knew I had made a mistake labeling myself as bisexual because I wasn't, but I was struggling with the thought of maybe I could theoretically like a man someday, as long as we never had to be intimate or spend any time together. Oh, God. (laughs) Oh, Lord. (laughs) When I was 17, something finally snapped, and I realized I couldn't continue torturing myself. And most importantly, I was exhausted of living a lie. I found the strength to come out as a lesbian, first to my best friend of almost a decade, who was was always my best friend, despite me lying about my ex being my best friend, and then to my mom and and the rest of my family. When I came out, I was sure to remind everyone that bisexuality is a real and valid identity, that it wasn't just my identity, but exploring that identity helped lead me to what I am and always was all Mm -hmm. along. My family were all so supportive, especially my gran, who has always went out of her way to support me. Cheers for grandmas. I know, right? Like... My mom even brought me bought me a pride flag and always asks me when I'm going to get another girlfriend. I know this email is long, and if you read it, <laughs> I just want to say thank you for hearing me. I love the podcast, and I want to thank you for doing what you do. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. That was all of our stories. 
Oh my gosh, we got so many submissions. So many. I never realize how many we have until we're like sitting down and actually like sorting through them. I know. I was like, oh, it's not even going to be an hour. It's going to be whatever. But oh my God. Amazing. I (gasps) love doing these episodes. I think they teach me a lot. I I love that we can in some small way be a part of these people's journeys yeah. um, and share their stories. And hopefully other people who are listening can relate to those stories and it gives them, they can take something out of it. You yeah. Know, that's, that's what I hope. Yeah. yeah. And I think that no matter what your identity is, you can take something out of Absolutely. Just like real humanity, real stories and there are things in there everybody can relate to, yeah. you know, and um, I think it's such such an important thing to touch on. Yeah. Oh. Whew. It's an, a, em- it's an emotional roller coaster. That was a doozy. Yeah. Yeah. That was a doozy. I got a little, I got a little teary-eyed a few times. Yeah. <laughs> got a little mad a few times. So, you know, this is the end of Pride Month. It has been a wonderful month. We hope you all had an amazing Pride Month. Mm-hmm. Thank you for going on this journey with us. I feel like we learned so many awesome things throughout this month. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm so grateful for our listeners and the way that they are so open-minded with us and so gentle with us while still educating us on, on so much. Yeah. It's You're really, all so kind. It's really important to us, yeah. and it's very, very special to us. So thank you so much. Um if you have any Sister Solidarity stories, if you have any coming out stories that you maybe missed the cutoff but you would still like to share with us, we are yeah. always open to accepting those. Uh, you can email us at neighborhoodfeminist at gmail.com. You can also get us on Instagram. We post daily on Instagram at Angry Neighborhood Feminist. We post not quite so daily on Twitter at Yanf Podcast, Y A N F Podcast. You can also find us on Facebook. We have a business and a group page. You can leave us a review on our business page or on Apple Podcasts. And if you feel so inclined, download that Radio Public app and uh, listen to us on there. Yeah. It helps us out just a little bit, and it's a it's a good app. So, it is. Yeah. So, yeah. Again, thanks, you guys, so much for going on this beautiful journey that was Pride Month. Thank you so much for participating in this episode and for listening to this episode. With all that being said, we encourage you to rage on. Bye. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.